Welcome to The Future Is In, the podcast that gives you permission to live your truth. I am Janae Hicks, your guide on the Zen journey, and I am thrilled to be here with my bestie to share the lessons learned from this insane adventure that we call life. This has been years in the making, but we're ready to provide a safe space to help people like us navigate work and life with humor, honesty, and a lot of heart. Whether it's our missteps, insights, or leveraging our natural talents, we want to help you create a life worth living right now. From difficult experiences to moments of pure joy, we're here to help you get through it all and come out wiser and more resilient. We're going to bring you closer to the light even on the darkest days, so come on, let's create space for your life. Life doesn't have to be so hard. We have to learn to create more space for our truth. This fall, we invite you to join us on our Zen journey as we delve into the extraordinary stories of ordinary people just like you. Together, we'll build a community centered around acceptance and self-discovery. So sit back, relax, and let's get real about this Zen journey. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Welcome to the Future Zen Podcast. We shine a bright light on the extraordinary journeys of the ordinary person. Today, we're broadcasting from Michigan, Georgia, and Houston. H time, baby. Is that how you say it? Okay. Anyway, you're done, Andre. <laughs> okay. We are super duper pumped for this episode. We have been so excited for you all to meet us on the mat with SL Jordan, a powerful Black woman and proud feminist. Stephanie is a yogi who aims to make yoga more accessible and palatable to anyone interested in learning. As a certified yoga practitioner, she is passionate about creating more diverse and inclusive spaces for people of color within the yoga community. Her mission is to help her students achieve their best lives through the power of positive intentions. Stephanie isn't afraid to speak up and challenge societal conventions. Stephanie mm-hmm. will take us on a journey of mind, body, and soul as we dive deep into her yoga philosophy and her unwavering courage and commitment to loving herself. Stephanie doesn't hold back when it comes to being unapologetically Black and learning to love the skin that you are in come through. Through her own experiences and expertise, Stephanie teaches us the importance of living our truth and the transformative power of yoga. So let's sit back relax and join us as we dive into the life of a fearless and authentic sister friend. Welcome, Stephanie Jordan. Thank you. Hey, boo. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to That's impressive. I know you were like, is that me? Like, listen. It's you, boo. It's you. Okay, so before we dive in, we, that, that matters because that is professional Stephanie and that's only one piece of her bio, the one that is relevant for this conversation. But of course we want to share with you all who she really is. And I will start with who she is to me. Stephanie is my best friend. Y'all, she's been my best friend since I was what, 15, 16 years old. I'm yep. going to, um, try my very best to keep this brief because that is hard for me. I want, (laughs) Stephanie has heard this story, of course, several times throughout our sister friendship, but I want to remind her of when I first laid eyes on her and when I first knew she had to be in my orbit, we were in biology and I had, I was sitting at my table with Betty and Dior, shout out to Betty and Dior. And I look back and there's this girl And this girl is like laughing and she is having like this deep soul penetrating laugh. And I am like, (laughs) what is she laughing about? Like what? She still laughs like this. Like she's going to laugh. Like her head's going to go back, like mouth open. Like you want to know, like, what's the joke? And I always want to know what's the joke. So find this girl. I'm like, I'm interested. Who are you? Fast forward, I don't know. I somehow lured her to my table. I don't know. Stephanie would know better, but lured her to my table in biology. Um, got to know her. She became my friend. She I quickly learned that she was warm and and kind. And she just felt like so much of a breath breath of fresh air for me because you know, high school is high school. Like high school, you have to like show up and be. And even the people who try to say that they don't want to show up and be, and they don't have to show up and be, they still trying to show up and be, because that's just kind of what high school is. But with Stephanie, it just wasn't like that. Like everything was just free and open. And, um, and we became friends and I worked with her 
several places. So we worked at Ticketmaster together and we worked at TJ Maxx together and we did a medical co-op together. And through these experiences, we began to develop this forever friendship. And fun fact, I told Stephanie when we were teenagers that she was going to be my children's godmother because I knew early on that she was just the person that was going to have my back. And she does, and she is, and she has been a staple in my life, a staple in my family's life. And so it is a pleasure to be able to have this, this growth conversation because the future of Zen is very much about unapologetic energy. And Stephanie brings all of that to every conversation. So I'm super excited for you guys to know her better and to get to know and love her the way that we do. But Rini, I definitely want you to share your Stephanie story. Yes, I'm so excited to have Steffi on the podcast today. I call her Steffi. I skip all them other extra letters. It's a lot of them. Um, however, Stephanie is in, Stephanie, you are in like the top five people that I love in the world. Like you are one of my persons. You're my best friend. I love you like a lot. Um, and I know that you love me too. Like Steffi is the person that I go to when I need honesty or that I just go to. And I know she's going to give me the honesty that I need. And I just yeah. so appreciate that. Um, that's one of the reasons that I was like, we have to have you on the podcast because I want to share some of the gems <clears throat> and some of the, just the awesomeness that you give me as a sister friend with the world. Um, fun right. facts about us. We sat adjacent <laughs> to one another at high school graduation. And it was like, I did not years. know that. Yes. My last name was Keith and hers is Jordan. KJ. Boom. <laughs> Next. We were college roommates. Yeah. Yes. We lived together. Steffi's like the only person I lived with outside of these men and my family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we lived together. We have been all over the world together when I was in my 30s and had a burning desire to travel and had really yeah. no one. I didn't have a partner. I was like, hmm, I went through my mental Rolodex and Steffi was the first person that I thought of. And we have been literally all over the world together. Um, we like to walk fast. That's another fun fact. <laughs> if you travel with us, keep up. <laughs> And then we basically think that we are um, big boy and Andre 3000 because anytime anything says Aquila and I, we think it's talking about that. So those are our fun facts. And I'm so excited to really dig into your brain and open it up for our listeners today. Yay. Y'all got me feeling loved on this early Saturday morning. Like I need to wake you are up loved. every day. <laughs> you are very much loved. Okay, so let's talk about embracing the messy. Mm. Um, that is the topic for today. Embracing the messy is something that has been such a journey for me, has been such a journey for me as a perfectionist and control freak. But the older I get, it's just become clear that I have to. Um, and then when I visited Janae in the spring of this year she has this big chunk board with all of these mantras and affirmations and one that was up there it said who cares what they think and for whatever reason that really resonated with me and that is what was kind of the basis of the show for me is that yeah. embracing the messy and kind of not giving a damn what society in the world thinks it's been such a journey for me and that's why you as my friend both of you have been, you know, really pivotal, but that's the basics of what I wanted to talk about. I want to dig into a lot of the societal and cultural factors that contribute to these difficulties for women to embrace the messy, um, particularly Black women, and trust in our own voice and our own power. Um, yeah. So I love that. That is what this came about. That's how all this came about for me. I have a hard time with it, and I love the two of you for always being so grounding for me in that space of embracing the messy. And like, I remember uh, most recently, quick story when my great aunt passed and I was just kind of like, Ugh. and it was just like, death is inconvenient, Karina. Janae said that to me and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, it okay. is. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's messy and it's burdensome and it brings up all sorts of feelings and this life doesn't give us the opportunity to sit with those feelings because we have to keep going. You know what, Rini? I think that I, because we have Stephanie and um, she gives us exactly what we need. She's watched this journey, right? You've been with both of us our entire life. And so you have a uniquely different position from where you have stood as we like, lean into this Zen journey. So first I want you to tell us, like, tell me what comes to your mind when you think about Zen, right? And then I want you um, to talk about what you've seen in us, how you feel about the podcast and what we're trying to offer to the Zen space and what you would give to the community about what it means to get closer to their inner Zen. Let's hear it, Steffi. Um... Oh, that's a lot. That's a mouthful. Let me start with what do I think of when I hear Zen? Um, almost immediately, it's like a, a inner calm in the midst of chaos, right? Like to the point that you were saying death is inconvenient. Almost everything in life is inconvenient, right? <laughs> almost everything in life is inconvenient. And it's being able to kind of roll with the inconvenientness, but also staying centered within yourself. Like that's immediately yeah. what I think of with Zen. And when you guys were like, we want to do a podcast and it's called Future is Zen. You didn't even tell me what the podcast was about. You just told me the title. And I was like, yep, that go for both of you. Because yeah. to the point of me knowing both of you over 20 something years, I feel like even when we were teenagers and we didn't have the language that we have now and we definitely didn't have the experiences that we have now, you both tried to be that. Yeah. To be in and to have kind of like an inner peace in the midst of chaos. And so I was like, this is on brand. Yes, on brand. Because <laughs> Karina, you know, to start, I don't want to jump ahead, but, you know, Karina has been doing yoga longer than me. And I remember when she first got into the journey, her thing was love is my religion. It's my language. And it speaks to also being Zen, because I think in order to have that inner peace in the midst of chaos, it has to be about a level of love, yeah. not only yourself, but to try to spread it outward and Janae, everybody know your credentials. And it's like, to me, if I were to think of matching someone with a career with just who they are internally, it's you. I hear and that. Now I hear you spout like the, the technical language to go with it. I'm like, hey, so impressed the way you just yes. pull it down. But I feel like you are able to do that because it's always been who you were. Leave it to your friends to hype you. Please stop. Like, give it all to me. I'm a words of affirmation girl. So, honey, I am here for all of it. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, Stephanie, I do. I hear it's you. Cool. It's like, and when I think of what you can offer to a space, it's the the genuineness of always being who you are, but being able to provide people with a paradigm, the language, the skills, the just the safe space to be who they are. And it's it's important for a people of color to have this space and to be for the space to be provided by people of color. Sure. Yeah. Um, because there's this level of understanding that just comes with that and it offers comfortability. So I'm excited to see where this podcast is going. And I know that you're picking from your community. And to me, that's also important. Like the expert voice is, you know, we always want to hear from that. But just knowing that people on the ground are also going through what you're going through, it like, it brings us all closer. And so, I love that stuff. Like, I, I would, like, let's stay there for a second. Like, that's a big deal because it yeah. it directly speaks to the self worth and empowerment part of the conversation and what strategies we are trying to incorporate to build self confidence and cultivate a stronger sense of self and we believe that the extraordinary lives of the ordinary person is where it provides us the most opportunity for growth and learning. Right? Like so. <laughs> 
Yes. Who's better than Stephanie? Like who 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 gives me more than Stephanie who has been free to explore careers, who's traveled the world, who has learned to love herself from the inside out and her lived experience helps to give voice to what the everyday person gives to this experience. Like that's the most important conversation. Like you are the expert. You you are the voice that we need to hear, right? And so I think that when you say that it highlights this entire purpose of why we're doing this. We no longer want to make the superstar our North Star, our, our guidepost. Like we are the guideposts. We are the people that we need to be learning from. Like the Stephanie's, the Karina's, the Janae's of the world and everyone listening. So yes, Stephanie, thank you. We appreciate you hearing and seeing the vision. It matters. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I love the way you said like the extraordinary is in the ordinary you know like the magic is in our everyday lives and until we start to look at our lives that way it's always gonna feel like something is missing you know like sure. we're mm -hmm. Amen to that. right to go to and there is another level to go to but there's magic in this level right now that's and everything yeah. You know what? Jump into it, Steph. I want to talk about being a star in your own life, right? So right. let's let's get in there, right? Let, let's talk about overcoming your internal barriers. Let's talk about how do you, you know, like silence that inner critic or be kind to that inner critic. Let's talk about self-doubt. Let's talk about fear and judgment. And um, you had written, you had wrote a recent article from one of your um, events that really just landed for me because you had started off so vulnerable and so so authentic when you were sharing what you thought your event could be versus what it ended up being and so can you just tell us like give us give us give us the Stephanie energy um goodness well okay I was thinking of how I wanted to frame this because sometimes when you are doing the work you don't notice the change in yourself. You know, sometimes you take a highlight from other people. And I can say that at 40, it is easier now. And yeah. I know you hear that like, oh, when you get to be 40, you just, you, you don't give a fuck anymore. But it's more than that, right? It's yeah. at this age, I can look back on past experiences and say, okay, you've overcome this so you can overcome that. Yeah. Um, but yoga was and still is a very big part of why I can do that. Um, just by my nature, there's always been a little bit of rebelliousness in my spirit. A of little, huh? Okay. But, you know, I was the only girl and I feel like growing up, I was always like fighting against chauvinist views. You know, like mm -hmm. my dad is old school. He loved me, but he old school. It was a lot yeah. of, you can't do this because you're a girl. And mm -hmm. even as a young age, I couldn't understand that. You know, it was yeah. like, but when you want somebody to be responsible, you ask me to do it, not my older brother. So why can't I play in the streets? You know, like, yeah, it was a little bit of all of always embedded in me. And so having that spirit lean to not really caring about what was going on around me, it was also a family base that made me feel like I was a supermodel growing up that instilled a little bit in me. But you know, society can knock all that down. Absolutely. Like like you get out there in the world and the expectations of who you are as a woman, as a student, as a person, like these things can knock you down. And so in my twenties, I will say that like emotionally I wasn't as stable and mature as I am now. Sure. And it would be valleys and highs and lows. And my mom would probably be like, oh, girl, <laughs> everything throw you off your rocker. Like one little thing that just throw you off your rocker and you will just call me venting about the whole world. Yeah. And it was really my friend Cassandra here. Like I said, Karina did yoga way before me, but my friend Cassandra here was going to the studio that I now go to and they were doing kind of like uh, biannually yoga challenges for 40 days 
And she always spoke so highly of what the transformation she would have in those 40 days. And I kind of was like, mm, that's that hippie. I don't, I don't really know. Right. About so I, I, I look at myself as a logical person and I was just like, I don't know what that's about. Um, but I was about to turn 35 and I wasn't in a midlife crisis. I don't think, but I felt like I wanted a shift in yeah. how I process things, you know, like to the point I was making, I was tired of the emotional roller coaster I was on, you know, like I was tired mm -hmm. of going from zero to hundred and back down to zero. I was like, there has to be a better way for me to regulate this. You know and what, Steph, stay there for a second. I love that. I that's love, so draining. It's draining to do yeah, that. It is. And I love <laughs> that Steph was able to kind of give an age. I think that's important, especially, especially for Ooh. our younger supporters and um, the people who are on the Zen journey because 20s are tumultuous, right? And you're trying to figure it out. And everybody has their own journey in their 20s. Um, I've been very... Um, honest about my 20s like I did it being a young woman with a husband and kids and but I'm still on that same tumultuous journey trying to figure out who I am and finding that identity and so I love when you noted like at 35 you were like enough like enough of this emotional roller coaster like let me find some anchoring like let me figure out where my center is let me figure out what's going to fill my soul up and give me the practice of it right because we're all reading the same books we're listening yep. to the same influencers. The integration piece is where we struggle. And so I love that you're giving that age. Like this was it for me, like by 30. I don't know if that's when you locked your hair, but I can definitely remember like a shift in who you were when you were like, this hair is I'm, it's not, it's not going to be me. Like I'm getting ready to be free in that whole conversation. So start at 35 and keep going. But I wanted to slow us down because that age is really important. Well, yeah. And, and because it was, I was thinking this too, and in, in, in turning 40 this year, like it's so much celebration and like, oh, the milestone birthdays, but it's the birthday after the milestone birthday that really like I'm right. in it. And so 35 just felt, like I said, I didn't feel like a midlife crisis, but it was just like, okay, God willing, I got at least 35 more years on this. <laughs> Women in my family kind of live long. And so I was like, I don't want to do this for the next 35 years. Like there yeah. has to be something. And so I signed up for the yoga challenge. And honestly, at first, it was about the physical practice, just going yeah. through the sauna and the poses for me. And and I don't know, I, I stuck with it because I'm a competitor and I didn't yeah. want to that 40 day challenge, but it was tough because I was new at it. I didn't understand the breath cycle, the poses, the Sanskrit. It was, I had, I was joining a community that was already very much, we know each other. Um, and to speak to my studio that I go to here in Houston, they are very inclusive. And one of the reasons I kept going back is because I felt like every time I walked in the door, somebody knew my name. Yeah, love or that. Made me feel like they wanted to remember my name or know who I was. And um, I was going through the practice and I completed that challenge. And a part Bro, of I remember that practice. I remember Spree saying like, <laughs> I can remember Spree. I remember my husband saying like, Stephanie on her yoga shit. Like she posted, like she, like she was definitely like, and I didn't know, like I didn't know you were in a challenge, but I can remember from my house, like saying like every day, like this the thing, yes. like she's on there. Like I remember that. I didn't know I that you were in the challenge. Oh, I remember you telling me that too. Like Spree was like, I don't, Stephanie going through something over there. And I was like, he right. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but I was because the, the type of yoga that they practice at the studio I go to, it really isn't just the physical practice. It is a lot of introspective journey. And so in that challenge, you you practice, you know, five to six times a week, but we will also meet as a group and like really delve into some personal discussions. And you guys know, I'm, I'm, I'm open, but I'm not at the same time, right? Yeah. And so in yeah. these meetings, it was shocking me the way strangers were just like, 
bearing their soul. I'm like, sure. uh, I don't even know if I remember your name, but you just what told kind of me. Stuff were they told saying? Tell us something juicy. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us one juicy thing. One juicy thing. <laughs> I won't say, I will just say people were sharing about drugs and alcohol. Yes. <laughs> Addiction. Okay. It was just a lot that it was just like, <laughs> wow. Oh. And their vulnerability unlocked something in me. Sure. Um, I remember the first thing that really landed with me. Um, I was in a meeting and Mallory, one of my yoga teachers, she was like, you have to get out of being in reaction. And the way she explained it is it was it was kind of the first time triggers was broken down to me in a way that I could understand. Love that. Uh, she explained that things happen to us in life and generally the first emotion that comes up is a, a we're in reaction. Absolutely. And instead of just going with that emotion, you know, she she explained about taking a beat, a pause to just Power explore, in the pause. Is that even how I really feel? And the first couple of times she said it, honestly, it went in one ear and out the other. But the challenge is for 40 days. So we're right. going to these meetings weekly. The seed and, was planted. Yes. And the time that I was going, she was just always the teacher. And even though each week had a different theme, we kind of always came back to that being in reaction. Yeah. And I remember I wrote it in my journal, maybe the third week I wrote like, in reaction and it stuck with me in a way that even after I finished the challenge and I completed it a um <laughs> after I finished it I started talking to people about that about being in reaction and exploring it within myself and taking that pause and that beat and when I say almost immediately it kind of changed that like up and down of emotional I love it. I was on where when I took the moment, it was like, are you mad or are you disappointed? Are you sad or are you disappointed? You know, like, right. and once I can land on the language of what I actually felt, then I could deal with it. Right. That, that's so everything. Can you, I want, I want, I want to make certain that like we're highlighting these things that you're identifying on your journey to embracing the messy because it's really big, right? You can't change it if you don't name it. And oftentimes we're just kind of running through life. So we, we're, the automatic behavior is there. And so the impulsivity to react is there because that's what we have always been doing. And so when you build that consciousness and you have a higher level of awareness to what's happening in your internal experience, you can say, okay, maybe that's not how, I don't have to react like that. I don't have to respond like that. And so you named a few things. You said like you in on your journey to embracing your identity, you had to be, be able to understand yourself differently. And you did that by challenging stereotypes, what you thought yoga was or wasn't. You talked about building a supportive community. I feel very strongly about this, right? Like, so if you want to be able to see life differently, being able to identify your allies across domains is important. So building that supportive community. And then you talked about, um, the empowerment piece, like I was willing to do this for 40 days because I said I was going to do it and I wanted to finish it out. And even though I didn't connect directly to the principles immediately, being in it consistently for 40 days allowed me to kind of like give it time, right? Pace myself out. And it's a big deal, right? So we want immediate gratification. We want to get in there. We want to immediately feel yes. growth and centeredness and peace. No, like, uh-uh, we, you don't need you don't know enough to be there yet and so I appreciate you saying like it was the the beginning point was at 35 it took me 40 days to even really open up to the practice for real versus it just being my natural competitive spirit and then from there the my world began to open up differently and yoga was the catalyst yes yeah. I locked okay in. I locked in after that challenge okay. um and not the consistency part came a little bit later, but I locked in in a way because when I first signed up, I did the kind of like intro month <laughs> and the intro month 
cover the the challenge. Um, but after that, it was something because it is heated yoga, and it was something about it that made me feel like I was rising to my higher self. Not even just the meetings but just physically challenging myself in a way of just like, you can do this. Your body is stronger than you think. Your mind is stronger than you think. Um, and so I was semi-regularly doing yoga in between the challenges because they would do two challenges a year. But honestly, after 40 days straight of yoga, I would take a, a break, a kind of pause and do it regularly and then gear up for the next challenge. Um, I was probably doing that for about two years. Um, and then we were in New Orleans for uh, Karina's husband's birthday. And our friends, uh, Mikey and Triska, were just like, when are you going to get certified as a yoga teacher? Because at that point, I had been doing the challenges kind of regularly. So even if it wasn't the 40-day challenge, uh, Big would pepper in kind of small challenges through the summer, the fall to keep you engaged, right? And so I was posting that online, social media, sharing it with my community and people saw the consistency and they saw the passion that I didn't even know I was conveying, right? And so people were just like, you need to do something with that. And that put a little seed. I, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to teach and I don't know, but it also was influencing my family because my family was seeing me do a yoga online and my family is black. We from Detroit. My mom was born and raised in Alabama. My dad <laughs> yeah. Detroit. His people are from Mississippi yoga to them. They are like, ma'am, what are you doing? You know, a part of my, <laughs> some of my family have also been like, so what you don't believe in God anymore. So it was, you know, like overcome. Well, Steffi, that's one of the things I definitely wanted to dig into if you want to go there is, I mean, you have a beautiful yoga practice. I love yoga too. And it's been transformative for me as a person. I recommend it to people. But yeah, it is still very woo-woo. It has yeah. a lot of um, stereotypes about it and I can say that you know I've been to every studio around Michigan and I haven't found that community that you speak of they don't know my name they don't the one teacher who knows my name is because she's also my friend Triska <laughs> <laughs> but the point is um that is why you have found it on yoga and that is why you as a teacher are not just teaching within your community, but you're spreading a, a message that you want to take globally. So I want you to talk a little bit about that. And, you know, I know that you and I have had lots of conversations about the religious piece and the misconceptions, because I have had people in my own life that are close to me say like, you know, that is um, worshiping, the, worshiping other gods by doing these poses. And it's caught me off guard. I've come to Steffi upset. Like, this person said this to me about yoga. And so I love that that's the mission. And I'm going to stop now and let you talk about your future and how you plan on, you know, disproving those misconceptions. Well, I, um, I my religious beliefs, like I believe in God and I don't want to get too deep in it because it, it, it doesn't match what, what society believes about God. Um, but I was always taught that my relationship with God is my relationship with God. It is personal and no one else has to understand it. And that's being raised in Baptist and going to Catholic school and all of those things. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a different piece. But me wanting to bring it to the African-American community or just people of color, that is it's particularly from Black people. It's the main question I get. And I'm always confused <laughs> because the majority <laughs> of the people that ask me that question, I'm like, if you are basing me doing religion off of the King James Bible, you are not even living by the King James Bible. So why are we having this conversation right now? Right. It's not that logical. Those, <laughs> right. That part. Um, for those that are doing their best to live by that, I open that conversation because what I say to them is that yoga and its principles started 
in India and in Africa. The form that I currently practice and use, its basis is in India. Now, they didn't start doing it as a religion. It was more so, I look at it as like, the yamas and niyamas are basically the principles of how to be a good human. It does not matter your religion. Like the same way you can almost take the Ten Commandments and just post it somewhere. And if you didn't say this is about a religion, it is almost just like, hey, be a good human to other people. Don't kill, don't steal, don't be selfish. You know, like, and that's mm -hmm. kind of the basic principles of yoga. And then it moved into the physical asana. And so when people ask me about it, I say that the only reason you think that is because it comes from the East and the mm -hmm. East, they relate it to their history and their history is Hindu, Buddhist. And so it's different from ours. And so that I love that, Stephanie. That's everything. It really resonates when you say that to me, because even as um, a therapist and I'm a holistic therapist, which means everything matters, but the Buddha mind matters a very a great deal with my practice. And I get it a lot. You know, I be Palestine sewing up. I be staging up. I live in meditation. Spirituality is big. I grew up in a Pentecostal church. So you, my family too is like, girl, what is happening over there? Right. And then <laughs> when we talk about like dispelling those cultural, um, uh, I grew up with heathens, so no one, right, like, no one really questions me. <laughs> no, no, no. I grew up in hand clapping, feet stomping, tongue talking. Like, talk about they also have rituals, and they're also doing a little bit of woo woo there as well. Right? Right? And here's the thing, yeah. and, and for me, the bigger piece is when we talk about the great truths. They're all telling us the same thing, and you noted it is what it means to be a good human. And even when we talk about the Buddha mind, it's very much reminding us that you know, the mind is everything and what you think you become. And that's the entire conversation, right? Like, and so mm -hmm. when you are talking about offering a, a deeper insight into the power of the human mind and thought and learning to be disciplined, the cycle comes from discipline. So when yeah, you learn mm -hmm. to have a disciplined mind, we're still talking about these principles of these okay. enlightened beings who knew, like, it wasn't one way to do this thing. Like, there are plenty of ways to get to California. Like, we not just taking Delta. Like we got a whole bunch of rounds, you know what I mean? <laughs> Very like, so I, I, this is what highlighted it to me recently in a kind of yoga philosophy class that when they speak of yoga and I guess connecting it to religion in the East, they refer to the almighty as Krishna. And I think what highlighted it to me is that we're all talking about the same thing is that when people talk about Allah and God, they're like, Allah is just the Arabic word for God. And so Krishna is just another. So again, it's all the same thing, right? So one of my, I call her my sister because she is my little cousin, but she's like a little sister to me. And she's, she is one of those people that are trying their best to live their life to the King James standard. And, you know, I'm of the flesh. I love the Lord, but I'm also of the flesh. And so our relationship is very unique in the fact that I love her, even though she is <laughs> very much different than me. And she loves me, even though I am very much different than her. And so we can have these tough conversations. Karina was there recently. I had... Stephanie I had, had it in the crossfire. And she was very she much will. Like, You know, Stephanie is shaking shit up, out. honey. This was my first time really meeting her and being at her house. And we're deep into this bottle of wine. <laughs> and she's like, this is a dry house. And I know <laughs> this doesn't. is a dry house. She's beating the table. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, should I leave now? <laughs> right. But I was just like, okay. And I know she doesn't drink, right? But she know I do drink. And so, whatever. Where's but that middle ground? I love that, though, Stephanie. It's a big deal, right? Because, see, we we have to figure out what it means to find the both and in every situation. Yeah. And the love is there. That's your cousin, your sister. Your, there's a connection. You want to be around each other. And for us to not get so caught up on the smaller principles that are not really aligned with connection, right? Like, that one thing shouldn't be able to stop us. 
And it was really just a bottle. Because she know if I come in with a cup, it's probably something in there. And she ain't going to say nothing about it, right? So but doesn't it really like, matter. This is right? why I like Steffi. Bottle, right? Steffi don't give a shit. When you say who cares what they think, Steffi don't. Okay? Okay? Right, right, right. <laughs> Even to the ones I love, that sound horrible. But I'm always going to be my true self, right? And, and so... I am bringing her into this yoga journey with me sure. and her, her daughters. And so when we do the yoga challenge, there used to be a book we read. We've delved away from that book for other reasons that I'm not going to get into. But the book was very foundational in the fact that it was talking about, it introduced me to yoga. And when I was reading it, I was so shocked because the deity that they used to relate in the book was Jesus. So it was a story I was already used to. And one of the things that he said in the book was the reason he wasn't talking about Krishna or Hindu or Buddhist is because they talk about those in the East because that is the way their life functions and the way the story that they are used to. In the West, we are used to Jesus, God. And he wanted to relate to people and he used Jesus and his disciples and brought him into the yogi principles because Jesus was all about being a good human. Absolutely. Period. And so I gave that book to my cousin because she was one of the people that asked me, how do you relate yoga and religion? And I asked her back, how would a class be any different? How would a class be any different if it was, if it was religious based? Yeah. Do you think I would be walking around spouting the Bible? Do Would I not use Sanskrit? Like, how would it be any different? And honestly, she didn't have an answer for it. And but I love that. It, and Stephanie, can you make certain you share that book with um, us yeah. so that Karina can add it to the show notes? Because what I hear you saying is we have to figure out where we can find connection and how we can celebrate diversity and foster personal growth even when you don't understand the details or if every detail doesn't align with the way that you see things. And yeah. I think that you have done that brilliantly in the work that you're doing, right? And so it feels to me when you talk about the principles and we talk about your principles and like what your future state should be and what it will be, that's part of the conversation. It feels like it to me, Steffi. It is because whether they are living close to the King James Bible or not, religion has a deep foothold in the Black community. And that is the community that I want to reach because I know the benefits of yoga. When I bring it back to doing the shadow work and sometimes you're so deep in it that you don't see the change in you, the moment I began to appreciate yoga for what it did for me was I, it was my 38th birthday, back to the age and bringing us. It was my 38th birthday. And I was in the midst of a challenge because my birthday is in February. And uh, Big likes to kick off a yoga challenge in the middle of February. I mean, in the middle of January, leading into February and March. Because it's, it's kind of a New Year's resolution, but not January 1. We kind of, you know, let you slide into the year and then, you know, commit to this challenge. And so it always falls along my birthday. So it's kind of a tradition now for me to do it on my birthday. And at that time they were doing, um, they had like 8 p.m. classes. And I love night yoga because it allows me to release everything from the day. Like whenever I step on that mat, it's like, Whatever irritated me earlier, I'm letting it all go. So then when I go to bed, I sleep good. And so I was at a late night yoga class and I was leaving out of the studio. I had just started a new job, okay? Had been unemployed during like COVID or whatever. So I had only been on this job for like two months and I'm on the phone with my mom. And so she is a testament because, hey, she's known me my whole life. So she's she's seen every part of me. And so I'm walking up to my car and I was like, it looked like my, win my window got bust out. But I did, like, as I walked up on it, I'm like, oh, somebody, well, I'm getting my namaste on. Somebody getting a robber stay on and they broke in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I feel like I remember that?
I you remember do. it. I do. I'm about to bring y'all into it. So I get to the car and I'm like, I'm on the phone with my mom. I'm like, oh, somebody broke into my car. And she was like, oh my God. Like she's ready for the zero to a hundred, right? She's yes. ready blow up. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. Then I looked in and I was like, ooh, I don't remember if I dropped my work laptop off. Mm -hmm. Like my new job, that laptop, right? I'm like, <laughs> if I dropped that off or not. And she was like, oh my God, what are you about to do? I was like, well, girl, I'm about to go home and I'm going to check and see if my laptop is there. And if not, then I'm just going to email my boss and ask her what's the protocol for what's going on. So like, not that I, I hear that. Not that I can almost like hear my mother's abated breath of like mm -hmm. oh, you're about to take off like a rocket in a minute. And then I was like, you know, I live in Houston, Texas. I was like, I'm gonna find a cheap spot to get my window refixed. Mm -hmm. So I like took a picture of it, posted it on social media. This was like maybe two days before my birthday. Posted it on social media. I wake up in the morning. First off, I wake up in the morning from a text from you and Karina. And you like, what? Your car was broken into? Like, what do you mean? What's happening? What, like, what's going on? Like, I think y'all just sent me $100. Like, go get your window fixed. This is not about to mess up your birthday weekend. Throw money at it. Oh, I believe in it. Throw money at it. Throw money at it. Go get that shit fixed and get a drink. Period. <laughs> I feel like this speaks to y'all knowing how I can go from zero to 102 because y'all was like, this not going to ruin your birthday weekend, right? Ever. So I went and found somebody to fix the window. It was, I think it was less than 100. So I did go and get a drink after that. And my mom called me and I was like, oh, well, I got the window fixed. I called my boss. She said I had to fill out this form or do whatever. And my mom was like, listen, I don't know what yoga is doing for your life <laughs> but whatever it is she was like i'm about to pay yeah. for the next five months because you've never responded to anything like this like she was like you would have canceled all your birthday plans this weekend and like you just would have been so upset and the way you are handling this is light years from where you would have handled it before and that's when it clued in to me like wow, I'm doing more than just the physical poses. I am really soaking in everything that yoga is about when it's the inner peace in the chaotic world. And so like once I, once I locked in on that, I was like, I want to delve deeper. Like I'm a nerd. I love history. I love learning about things. And so I wanted to get to the philosophy of yoga. I wanted to get to, to everything about it. There's so many arms of yoga that I was like, this is what I want to do. And so at this point, you know, COVID is happening. I'm going to the yoga studio or I'm in the classes as much as possible. I am going to um online once they open back up i'm in as many classes as i can and the teachers at that point are just like okay so when are you gonna get certified and i was still just like i don't want to be a yoga teacher you know but i wanted to learn more so then i decided i'm gonna do the certification but the certification is for me i want the deeper knowledge to get deeper into my own practice. Um, and so I signed up for the certification in the fall of 2021. And it wasn't deep into me going to the sessions, which were like eight to 10 hours long, um, taking up my whole weekends. So we're, I'm also building another community with these people that I realized that like, I do want to teach. I do want to share this because one of the things, and Karina, you pointed it out, you've been to all the studios in the Detroit metro area and no one knows your name, right? And I was like, I want to be a comforting face for people. And being at the studio so much, there have been times that I've been going to class and before it starts, I'm laying on my mat. I'm, you know, just soaking in the vibes before we get the class started. 
and someone new will walk in and it will be a black person and they'll see me laying on the mat and they'll come up to me and they're like, listen, walking in and seeing you laying here so comfortably makes me feel welcome. Mm, it, makes feel it makes a difference, right? right? It makes a big difference. And so like one, the first time somebody said that to me, I was like, wow, me just being in this space is powerful. Sure. People just walking in and seeing me in this space is powerful. Now I work time at this studio now. So now I'm at the front desk. Yeah. And like I can see the kind of look on newbies' faces when they're walking in for the first time and they're a person of color and they see me at the front desk. It's like their shoulders kind of drop. You know, it's they're like, oh. Okay. I love that. Stephanie, I want to, it's so, you just, you're dropping so many gems. I feel like we need a part two. <laughs> it's so much. You named a few things and I want to make certain that we do not run past them. You talked about shadow work. I do some consulting work with Zimple Notes and the brilliant young woman that um, started the journals. Um, she dives into shadow work. So Rini, I want to make certain that I get that resource um, over to our listeners if they want to know more about shadow work. Stephanie, you noticed something. Um, we're talking about reducing stigma and raising awareness. And you know, that's where I live. And right. you know, we struggle with it, with therapy and that uh, the Black community specifically because we have feelings about it. And really it's some historical, you know, implications, right? Like people are trustworthy, right? We know this stranger danger, like all of the things, like, no, you, I'm not going to be telling you all my business. I don't know you all of the things, but one of the things that I really want to, I want to give you a moment to kind of close us out here when we think about what part two might look like with you. But you talked about when your car got broken into and what I heard you say is that we know that suffering comes from pain plus resistance. So because we're resisting what is, that's where the amplification of anxiety lives. And when we talk about pain in life or loss or worry or heartbreak or hardship, we know that's inevitable. But how we deal with it, if we're trying to resist it, like that is where the, the pain becomes more intense for us. And so in that moment, obviously, your first response is my car got broken into where's my work laptop yes that is a problem they, like I don't know what I'm going to do but in that moment you decided to not resist what is there's nothing you can do about your car being broken into and or your work laptop being stolen right so no I'm not going to live in this this space of extreme frustration and anxiety or um spiraling in the anxiety because whatever's going to happen, I'm just going to have to do it. And that is huge. And if yoga brought you to a place where you are able to feel what you feel and um, meet life exactly where it is without trying to fight it. And you're yeah. trying to build on that principle so that people can feel peace in their everyday journey, then kudos to you, my friend. Kudos to you. It's a big deal. And and I want to make sure right? No, honestly, yeah. like I said, once my mom pointed that out, I was like, wow, I'm yeah. growing, you know? And I spoke to her earlier that at this age, what helps me like lean into that unknown anxiety, fear, self-doubt, is the fact that I can think about when's the last time I felt like this? Oh, you got through that. So, you so like that. Kind of like life experiences teach you if you can be reflective on it That's that perfect. there have been things that I've thought I couldn't get through or that it would be hard to get through and I got through it yeah. and so if I can lean on that and to the point of naming the thing yeah. so whenever I try to run from it it feels harder but yeah. whenever I just like equanimity and I meet life where life meets me it is easier that's everything Steph oh, let like, me tell you what I want you to do I want you to tell us what you would tell little Stephanie young Stephanie Stephanie that wasn't as secure as she is I want you to talk to her and, and you know and tell her what she has in, what life has in store for her and then Karina's gonna close us out um well, y'all know my motto right now is just like, if someone gonna die, if they're not gonna die, we can get through it. 
And I think that I would tell young Stephanie that you are way more equipped than you think you are. And don't let age fool you into thinking you aren't ready. Um, because that's a lot of what it was of just me feeling unequipped because of my age and the self-doubt. But I've always mm. been a person, right? Yeah. I just needed to unlock it. Love it. So that's what I would say to younger Stephanie, like be gentle with who you are because it's already there. You're unrolling these layers as you go and as you experience life. And so you're going to become want to be and who you are. Oh, be gentle with who you are, Rini. I think that's a, a great, great segue. That's I love that. Out. That's everything. I just feel so lucky to have you two women in my inner circle and at the top of my like pinned text messages. I, I'm so grateful for that because seriously, like life has been a journey yes. as we, you know, unpack in other episodes. My life has has not been a crystal stare yeah. yet I have the two of you to come to like you know I remember when you changed as well Steffi and started becoming calmer and we do not live in the same state but we see each other a lot and we text a lot so things would happen and it'll be like something crazy I'm not going to go into any more of your personal life details something crazy <laughs> happened and I'm on the other side like what What's going on? Freaking out. And you're just like, well, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna figure it out. But right now I'm having drinks with my friends. And I'm like, wait, you still went out? Are you just enjoying your life despite this other thing? Yeah. Um, so I, I certainly remember when you had, when you started to shift. Um, and I was just so happy when you started doing yoga. And now we had this little community of girlfriends that we just talked about yoga with. Um, and we're all black and it's just super fun to have that chat where I lack community from the actual studios I have in just actual girlfriends that I know. And so I feel blessed for that. So thank you for coming on today um, and talking to us about challenging stereotypes and beliefs um, and your transformation through yoga. Um, I encourage anyone who is listening to this episode and has not tried yoga if you are not inspired at this point, go. It will make you feel magical. You will feel empowered. You will unlock some vulnerability just by doing those poses and having your butt up in the air. All right? Embrace yes. the power of the pause listeners. Let's all do a pause right now. Okay? For the rest of the day, for the rest of the week, for the rest of the year, and one last thing, you cannot change it if you don't name it. So thank you for all those gems today, Stephanie. Um, you can catch Janae and I at, at the future is in on Instagram and TikTok. We're also on LinkedIn as Janae Hicks and Karina Coleman. Steffi, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Uh, yes, you can find my personal page at S dot l dot jordan j-o-r-d-a-n on instagram and then i have one for aum yoga it is a-u-m underscore yoga double underscore on instagram all righty we're gonna um put all of the links that we named today in the show notes you wrote a beautiful article called yoga evolution 101 that we're also gonna put it really is aligned with the story that you told mm -hmm. our listeners today. So I'll also drop that if you want to read a little bit more about Stephanie's journey. And before I close this out, anything else from the two of you? Yeah, I think that I want to remind us that um, what we resist persists. And that really landed for me in, in Stephanie's story. So I want you guys to remember 
Um, we just have to live this life and we have to embrace it and we have to lean into all of the great truths of our everyday experience because that's where we're growing. The messy is where we grow. I really want to encourage you all to continue this conversation. I want you to educate yourself on yoga, the yoga principles. I want you to support other women in their journey. Support women, support women, support women. And as always, I want you to just embrace your truth and listen to your intuition. Well, I mean, I guess y'all said it all right there. <laughs> I, I I want you to challenge a stereotype. If there is something that you're like, no, Black people don't do this, or I can't do this, I want you to challenge that. And meet me on the mat. Meet you on the mat. Yes, Steffi. <laughs> So that's it. Thank you for having me. I love you both. And this was an excellent conversation. And like, anytime you want to have me back, I'm more than welcome. Oh, it's done. You already know. Like, I'm already thinking about two and three. So it's, it's, it's not good. Right, right, right. Two and three. Because this conversation, I'm not even, I'm not even done. Right. We it. didn't even, we didn't even tip the iceberg, right? Like, we, it's still so much more to say. Love you. Love you. Okay. Remember y'all, find your light. Stand in your truth because, because the, the future, future is in. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Future is Zen with your hosts, Janae Hicks and Karina Coleman. We hope to help others find happiness, peace, and personal fulfillment, even in the midst of everyday chaos. Don't forget to check out the show notes where you'll find helpful resources related to today's episode. Also, we'd love for you to connect with us on Instagram. Follow us at The Future Is In for behind the scenes content, updates on upcoming episodes, and a community of like-minded Zen seekers who are passionate about personal growth and mindful living. Until next time, peace out.